0: Welcome, Strikers. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Striker Thoughts. I'm your host, William Sow. For those just tuning in, Striker Thoughts is a podcast aimed at sharing innovation ideas, lessons learned, and discussions on the hottest topics within Air Force Global Strike Command. So today's a very special episode, guys, and I will turn it over to my guests for them to introduce themselves. Thanks,
1: Will. Hey, uh, hey everyone. Grant Rogers, CEO of Precision Procurement Solutions. Uh, happy to be here today and uh, talk some innovation. Awesome.
2: Sir, hey, thanks, Will, for having us. This is Brent Upshaw, Chief Strategy Officer over at Precision Procurement Solutions, and uh, really honored to be here and excited to to talk about what uh, what's going on here in our local market.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Grant and Brent um, they connected with me on LinkedIn and wanted to be part of the show. So we're here to kind of talk innovation, get their perspective. Uh, we had some conversations leading up to this podcast uh, recording, and so we'll kind of dive into it. So Grant, talk to us about um, what you do and what your what your company is about.
1: Yeah, thanks, Will. So, uh, so typically, what I do day in and day out is uh, understand those problems that uh, end users are going through. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of end users day in and day out because of the mission running twenty four seven, they're gonna run into, uh, they're gonna identify a problem, right? They use the equipment, they use processes and systems day in and day out, and so we really want to you know, fill that gap with those, those problems that come out of the military installations and, and let those live and breathe uh, in the innovation space with uh, technologies that we scout at Precision that uh, have a technology readiness level anywhere from six to nine. That's how we evaluate them. Uh, before we get them on contract, right, we go through a vetting process to see if these companies are even viable in working with the government. So when I, you know, when I first started out and uh, we fast followed afterwards, I came to my partner Brent Upshaw and I said, Brent, you know, I was in the Army for eight years. I used to run across a lot of different problems, Um, whether I was on the striker, I was in the the talk, I was out in sector, um, wherever I was, right? And I I always, by virtue of being an end user, by default, I'm going to run into a problem yeah right so hot and then sometimes we would have these uh, really sexy pieces of equipment out there that we just left in a pelican case and never took out right, <laughs> right. and the truth be told no one knew how to operate it, it just sat there but um but anyways man i i uh, came to brent and uh i said hey i, I really want to get with academia i really want to get with the military and i really want to get with business and let's put it all together and, and see what we can do and and uh, a lot of people, you know, ask me, you know, what is your why? Yep. And I uh, started in the nonprofit uh, space, and uh, you know, a lot of my uh, friends, brothers, and sisters have, have taken their lives, and um, and uh, have, you know, and, and suicide is a thing, you know, it, it is, and uh, there's a, there's a big stigma around it. And so I said, well, you know, the nonprofit uh, you know, uh, space is a part of this for healing and well-being and, and getting that human being back on their feet uh, to be an asset to society and our community. Right. I said, Brent, why don't we get together and create jobs so that when fighters get out of the military, they can come and work with us, you know, not necessarily for us. We have teammates. We don't refer to our, our guys and, and gals as employees. We have teammates and, and clients and, and partners. Right, and so when we're working with these end users, we're working with you know families and we're working with veterans. That's a value add, right? That's a huge return on investment because the military and, and, and our taxpayers put so much money into, uh, into warfighters, and right. those warfighters, by default, of them getting out of the installations, will become veterans. And so, we and others want to provide jobs. Our, you know Our clients are hiring as well, we want to provide jobs. Uh, for those veterans and, and persons alike when they get out and make that transition easy so that when they're working on those problems, right, they're back in the game but on this side now. And they may be team working with their buddies, you know, that they were working with on the same problem uh, while they were in the service. Right. So that's a very, uh, very holistic uh, approach. Uh, I think that um, I, I won't say that I came up with it first, but I had a, I had a vision. I had an idea. And I uh, couldn't do it without my partner here, Brent Upshaw, and, and all my other partners, and, and really, um, the, the guys who show up day in and day out, uh, who you know, uh, Reed Bowen and Matthew Pagan, uh, who are they're our lifeblood of our company, right? They they put it out on the line each and every day, uh, making it happen. And so uh, I was the first veteran. Uh, Matthew Pagan is the second, and Reed Bowen is the first student that graduated out of Louisiana Tech Awesome. and so we hope to duplicate that down um, for for you know uh, for as long as we can Uh, we want this to be a legacy company and I know that uh, if I'm always the CEO of the company that won't grow so uh, (laughs) to those persons out there that are listening uh, you know there's always an opportunity to get in the game and and to uh, and to come excel you know precision in other places because you may see something that we don't
0: yeah that's powerful stuff so, so Brent, you have known Grant, you know, pretty much, you know, uh, your entire life or, or close to it. So when he came to you with this, you know, off the wall idea, what was your what was your take from it?
2: <laughs> it, it didn't sound as off the wall. I, you know, I think maybe he had pitched it to a few other people uh, before he talked to me, and uh, if I recall correctly, at the time Grant was in Cutter and we're communicating either through Facebook Messenger or, or WhatsApp or something similar to that. And, and, you know, synchronizing time of day, I, I've got children, I have a, a business that I own and, and plenty of stuff to tend to. But, but, you know, Grant and I have known each other and a, a connection there was, was baseball. Um, since we were, you know, adolescents and right. I've kind of forever stayed connected. So when he's reaching out to me and he's, he's tells me like, you know, I've got this kind of crazy idea And he tells me about it, and and I start to think, well, you know, this sounds pretty close to, pretty close to what we're doing with Louisiana Tech University. Um, I worked for a startup whenever I was in college, and then, uh, you know, got the bug basically, like a lot of people do. And and I'm not a technical person; I'm a business type person. I feel like I surveyed all the business degrees that Tech and ULM had to offer before they finally gave me one over at ULM, and uh, sent me on my way after a number of years that. Normally, you'd be a doctor after you finish. um, (laughs) um, But nonetheless, uh, we've been working with CenturyLink and been working with Louisiana Tech um, related to expanding our uh, traditional investment activity. My partner and I's traditional investment activity, uh, which was real estate and service companies mostly. And I had a technology background. A few of our other team members at the VC uh, have public policy and IP backgrounds. And so we were looking at... A project and on a project with Louisiana Tech that was funded by the Department of Commerce to help understand how to utilize the regional asset base to commercialize technology with the underlying sort of secondary goal to be jobs creation in the I 20 corridor. And this is going on, of course. Uh, Blake and I, the other principal at my holding company, uh, have three or four deals that we're operating at the time. And I also really needed help in one of them. Grant is, is very good uh, in market, good at sales, good with people. Um, and so I said, hey, we've got some stuff that I think is going to go in the direction that you're wanting to. And i you know, have a job for you here if you want to come. And, and it was related to a project we had in South Louisiana. Whenever that project ended, we started to put focus on, uh, on what is currently Precision Procurement Solutions. Nice. And it really... You know I've been raising capital for a long time I, I started my career in investment 14 years ago that that navigated me from leveraged buyouts over to government technology and I really just love the idea that I'm helping our citizens honestly um I did not serve but a lot of my family did most of my brothers and I or all of my brothers and I but three younger all went to college and that was the path that uh that my, my parents, as first college graduates and each of their families set okay. out for us and and so, but we're, we're big time patriots and working with federal government, um, whether that's FEMA or Department of Commerce, Department of Energy early on, uh, over to Department of Defense heavily the last number of years is something that, you know, take a, a great deal of ownership and pride in. It makes me feel good and, and my teammates kind of mm-hmm. uh, are, are attached to the mission in that way. We get to 2018, um, AFWorks has, uh, has launched, they've had a, a pitch day in New York uh, they're coming down and doing follow-up work with us and talking to our investor partners and university partners. And, and I was really surprised how easy it was for me and my teammates to get uh, the investors and institutions in the area that work with us behind this as a thesis. Yeah, We're working technology commercialization with commercial partners, some of which were in DOD. And we saw how big the problem landscape and adjustments and procurement that were being made at the time and felt like even though we're small, uh, Louisiana people know how to collaborate. We're gritty and scrappy. <laughs> yeah, you, when you're small, yeah. you have to you have to yep. go a number or something, yep. right? You have to have some type of strategy. Yep. Uh, then the area nationally for Big Air Force got a lot of focus because the MAGCOM is HQ'd here. We had all these people that are all around us, to include cybersecurity programs ever uh, at Everett, the school. that could help us understand how we might meet the market need that was you know changing. We felt like changes that the Air Force was leading in procurement and research funding um, would really yield a new market landscape that even though we had not been in market specifically for Air Force before, we were really uh, quite positioned quite well to be able to see some of that. And all of our partners, whether corporate, academic, investor, uh, or you know, the program offices at DOD that we work with have really allowed us to have space to work and um, put a lot of effort into providing those guys expertise. And, and our goal, you know, from a, a, a transactional or an or a impact-based perspective beyond jobs for the region and helping warfighters make meaning of their service after they've stopped serving directly in, uh, in DOD is, is that, you know, realistically, our competitors, uh, predominantly near peers like Russia and China, really have an advantage when it comes to launching and fielding new technology. Right. Our advantage is the industrial base and the capital supply and uh, a, a democratic economy that allows winners to win that are supposed to win. And so it, uh, it, it's been something that we have taken as a focus and there are a lot of companies that may look a little like precision in that they, you know, we definitely assist our, our clients uh in helping build proposals, but what we do on contract is deliver compliance, information assurance, cybersecurity, uh as well as as well as scouting uh and research expertise. And so we are in the business of fielding.
0: Yeah, yeah. So from from our our conversations leading up to the the recording of this, I, you know, I, I definitely see, um, you know, that you guys are kind of in that forefront space, right? So a lot of the companies that we talked about prior to this, that you know, I've heard through the grapevine and I've seen them kind of in our ecosystem within Global Strike, you guys were the invisible hand guiding them, right? So that's, that's great that, that you guys are here and we can get your um, you know, insights. So let me switch gears for a little bit. With you guys being that connector of technology, right, connector of industry, that, that gateway for Global Strike, what, in your mind, is the next the next big thing, or, or what what have you seen in private industry that you think, man, I have got to get this to to somebody, you know, in the DoD? You know, uh, I've got a lot of buzzwords that I just want to blurt out at <laughs> you right <now. laughs>
1: um, you know the, the biggest thing that, that I see, um, you know, low level uh, virtual reality. Okay. Right? That, okay. That's that's an easy one. Yep. Yep. Um, they're taking virtual reality and they're they're putting it into, uh, you know, extended reality. Right. Uh, XR and all these buzzwords. I'm like, good grief. Where you know where's the market going? Right. And and so to to, to answer your question, um, I really see uh, uh, telecom coming back strong. Okay. Telecommunications. Uh, I see artificial intelligence and the DOD trying to understand what's good versus bad. Right. 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 Uh, How does this work? Um, How do we protect our systems? Uh, And I really see 5G, a lot of competition there uh, from a a real techie uh, standpoint. There's a lot of other sectors that I see that it's going to take a couple of years to prove out. But in the next two to five years, what, what I see as being, you know, uh, really innovative is how do, we take, uh, how do we take that artificial intelligence and how does it understand the data analytics uh, from the end users working in that virtual reality, yes. right, in those training tools and combining those. And once we get there and we conduct our after action reviews, we do our hot washes, we say this worked and that didn't work, right. and, and we really prove it out, uh, that's when we're going to get stronger, right? And that's when we're going to you know, grow uh, together uh, more so as a force multiplier, right? Um, in the very beginning, a lot of folks said, hey, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, I said, okay, yeah, right, because I had that you know, that neg- negative connotation, uh, Brent had to, to beat a little bit of the, the military out of me for a <laughs> second and say, hey, man, you, you got to innovate, you got to be innovative. And I said, okay. Well, what does that what does that mean? Right. You know, and because uh, I was just reading it on the internet to where you got this buzzword, you got that buzzword, and now when I'm going to these trade shows and I get out there and I engage with companies, I'm like, my jelly jar gets full because I'm like, I wish I had this right. you know, eight years ago. Right. Absolutely. This is awesome. Yeah. And I'm really I'm really excited for entrepreneurs and startups and persons alike. You know the, the chief scientist offices that are gonna come in. They're like the the uh, the GM and the major leads. You know and they're like, yep, yeah, this this isn't gonna you know be be allowed on my field. Right. Um. Or you've got the the engineer that's really really smart that no one's no one talks to. And everybody you know coming together and and, and building this as one product and delivering it to that warfighter and knowing that it's gonna work. Yep. Right. And that's that's the that's the aha moment. that's the silver lining that no one um, gets to see. And uh, you know you you guys have had some of uh, the technologies here at, at Strikeworks. Um, and you know it's not our job to come in and beat our chest and say, yeah, hey, we did that no right uh, Three years ago had we not done what we did, then that warfighter may not you know, be seeing and hear with that piece of technology right. and so that's that's what I'm able to that's how I gauge and measure the success and the wins and that's how I'm able to look at where the market is going based off what those end users feedback is to us and the, the other startups and the innovative ecosystem.
0: Okay awesome so so next question and, and Brent I'll let you take a take a crack at this so when you think about all the innovation that you've seen you know in this ecosystem and and your time uh, working with, you know, federal government, what is the one um, experience that always sticks out in in the back of your mind that that's kind of like that big aha moment or, or that, that, you know, big whale that you're like, man, I I haven't, haven't had that feeling again.
2: Absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. And I think that the biggest aha that I've seen is when I have seen a GEO or a commander put a headset on. Uh-huh, yeah. Whether or not they're looking at a flight line application for a mobile device that's AR overlay or cockpit-based uh, or maintainer or shop based training. Right. When And the same goes for the the program office staff. Like at Lifecycle Management Center has been a, been a, a big program manager for us on, on our R&D projects and When they put that headset on and they look at the data after that and they say, you know, our proficiency was higher, speed was better, retention, as now that they see the models that they're researching, are really high. And where that technology is, you know, the realities, the family of realities, there are so many of these (laughs) things, ARV, RX, RMR, and I'm sure there's a few or three that I'm I'm leaving out, but uh, when it comes to that, the technology... Is to a point on the adoption curve where those solutions can be delivered at a very low cost and a high speed. But the biggest aha for me is watching the watching the brass and watching the acquisition officials put the headset on because the 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 guys on the flight line and the pilots they know it. Right. They know it costs forty grand or whatever that it costs to put that that B-52 in the air. And they know the areas within flight training that are challenging for uh, both instructors uh, and students. And the same applies for maintainer and weapons use cases. So good Um, question. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah, great, great answer. Yeah. All right. Well, we're just about out of time. Uh, We like to do what we call last parting shots. Um, So, you know, I'll hand it over to you guys to kind of um, give your, you know, last thoughts or what you want our listeners to really take away from this podcast interview and uh what you want them to remember and you know any pieces of advice or what have you kind of floor is yours
1: yeah absolutely so um you know i'll keep it short and sweet uh to every warfighter uh out there and and their families uh thank you uh for keeping us safe thank you for waking up and uh sustaining and maintaining this economy and know that you matter each and every day that you wake up and we're here for you and um we're gonna we're gonna be here for you when you get out and uh even though you know some days you may not feel like you're making impact just know that you are and uh we're gonna go through peaks and valleys in life and uh fruits built in the in the valley and that's where we live and breathe with these problems uh that we all go through as humans and so let's uh let's take those problems to the mountaintops and 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 fly fight and win yeah I like that, Grant. I'm
2: not going to compete with that. But, okay. I was going to say, that uh-huh. one's kind of hard to beat. So, uh, you mean you pass it back to you? Do we go back and forth? No, I, I do. I, I, I second all that. And I agree. Um, the reason why we're here is to put capabilities in the hands of warfighters and to do it as fast as we, uh, you know, as fast as the speed of relevancy, right? And, and uh We do believe that if we do not prepare our installations and do not bring the fight to our competitors, they will bring it to our doorstep and we see it every day. If there's a couple pieces or one sort of consolidated piece of advice that I would give anybody from any sort of spectrum of the stakeholder group. So DOD, academia, major industry, DOD primes, small businesses, research teams, and the consultants and service providers that help them. If you really want to to understand our economy, understand Department of Defense research. If you want to really understand an easy way to not have to sift through tons of public policy, Jump Starting America is the best book you could read. It helps understand how the defense industrial base, venture capital industry, defense R&D all launched, uh, you know, Related to and thereafter World War II and the economic tail that was so large that it carried uh, a couple of generations thereafter If you're a company That is trying to and you never worked with DOD or major industry in the innovation landscape I would suggest googling Diffusion innovations by Dr. Ev Rogers and understand that there is a way that products go to market and especially in a highly institutionalized regulatory landscape your best opportunity to build agility is to collaborate and build partnerships find primes that are in your technology area collaborate directly with the users find consultants and let the government contracting fund those gaps in expertise if you want to win collaborate if you're in the business to do cyber and sitter contracts you're probably not going to fill to the warfighter Understanding the fusion of innovation, all of the theory that DoD is utilizing and all of the agile, lean, et cetera, et cetera, Toyota Way and so on that we all deal with today as innovators came out of the launch that's described in Jumpstarting America or is theory-based marketing product development. Uh, And that diffusion of innovation theory happens to be the longest standing and currently operating theory in business over 70 years. so those things would prepare you in mindset to, for startup as a whole, but certainly in an institutional landscape. Awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely thank you. All right, I definitely want to thank both of you guys for joining me today and for your insightful thoughts. If you guys found value in this episode, please share it with your coworkers and anyone else that you think could benefit from it. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at info at strikeworks.com. As always, thank you for your time, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Striker Thoughts. Remember, change or get left behind. Strikers out.